Welcome to another episode of Coleridge and Campfire. I believe this is episode nine. Sorry, it is a little late. Uh, just had to do some scheduling things with uh, work, but we are getting this out uh, a little later than usual, but it is here. Uh, this week, uh, Joe Cesari, uh, the legendary North Schuylkill wrestling coach, um, couple people had recommended that uh, I interview him and uh, for those of you who don't know um, coach has already built an absolute legendary uh, nationally known program wrestling program at North Schuylkill and the one interesting thing about uh, coach Zari is that he never wrestled um, so he built this program uh, pretty much was just grit and hard work and great guy super active uh, I'm sure you see him you know, if you go to local football games or wrestling matches, uh, he's out there officiating. He's been officiating now, I believe he said, 55 years. Um, but take a listen. I think you guys will really appreciate it. Okay, we're ready to roll. All right. <clears throat> well, first off, thank you so much. This is uh, this is great. I, uh, I, I've been asking people for different ideas on, uh, on who to interview, and uh, a couple people mentioned your name, so I was glad that I finally got a hold of you. But um, so you... You started, I guess I'll get right to the beginning here. You were a wrestling coach, but you never wrestled it before in your life, correct? Exactly. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> I will begin my 55th year in wrestling. I started in Cuba, New York in 1962, wow. the, year, the year that I graduated. I just did my 55th year of football, officiating football. So I'm in high school sports for... 55 years as a, you know, as a coach and as an official. Wow. So you went to Buffalo, right, on, on a full scholarship for, as, as a linebacker, right? I was play, I played football at the uh, University of Buffalo. One of my coaches was Buddy Ryan, famous Buddy Ryan. Oh, who, wow. God bless him. He passed away, and he, uh, <clears throat> you know, he went to the, a lot of people don't realize that uh, he left the University of Buffalo and went with the New York Jets when Joe Namath was there. And uh -huh. he followed on, on the coattails of Jerry Philbin, 10-time, uh, I guess, all-pro defensive end for the New York Jets. Wow. So we played, I played for Buddy Ryan. How was he up there? Was he, was he still Buddy Ryan, or was that before he was Buddy Ryan? <clears throat> well, he was Buddy Ryan. I still can remember him bringing... Uh, his uh, Rex and Rob, the, the twins huh. that are in, were in the NFL, he would bring them to practice. And, you know, he was a little bit more reserved at that time. I guess really what had happened when he got into the NFL is when, you know, he began uh, to get a little bit of notoriety, and uh, he was Buddy Ryan. Buddy was Buddy. So you graduate from Buffalo, and then you teach a year up in, in upstate New York. What brought you back to, to North Schuylkill, the, the you know, Frackville area? Yeah, I was uh, I was the head football, the head wrestling, and the head track coach for two years at Cuba Central High School. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I've always loved to be in this area. I like the coal regions. I wanted to get back here to my roots. And uh, what had happened was I applied for the head football position at Ashland Area okay. High School. It wasn't even North Schuylkill at the time. It was in 1964. And what happened was, well, when I was up in New York, you had to be a coach when you were a physical education teacher. You had to be a coach, and I was a head football, head wrestling, head track coach. Never coached track, never coached wrestling, never got involved in either one of the two. 
And when I came back, I, I just, just simply wanted to concentrate on football because that's what I did. That's what I knew. I mean, I made all state in, in high school at Coltman High School. Yeah, I and, saw that. And what happened was uh, they gave the, the head coaching position to another guy who, you know, was in it a little bit longer than me. And uh, they had asked me to be the assistant and start the wrestling program. And I got, I went, oh, my God. I, you know, I really don't know anything about wrestling. Well, they had a Resolite mat, and they wanted to put it to you. So we started the program in 1964, and it was two years. We were two years at Ashland area. Now, what's a Resolite mat? That's like a... Like well, that's the, the, that was the Resolite wrestling mat. Remember, Resolite was made. Uh, the company was in Sunbury. Okay. Uh, and that, that's where they began making that, that, that great wrestling mat. When I started up in Cuba, New York, we used to use the old the old uh, rosin filled ones, and you oh, had really? to tie them together, and you had to put a <clears throat> you had to put a uh, a cover on them. And then every so often, that the mats would come apart. You'd have to readjust the cover. It was it was a nightmare. But then when we came back, I came back here to Ashland. They already had a Resolite mat, but no program. So let me ask you. So, I mean, this is the time before internet and stuff like that. I mean, how do you even begin to to learn wrestling moves. I mean, you just read books or you go to seminars. Or how did you? How did you start well, putting it together? Well, I'll tell you what happened. I had, and I have to mention their names. There was a two young guys by the name of Joe McAndrew and and Russ Shiron, <clears throat> and uh, one was from Gordon, the other one was from Lavelle, and they sort of took a liking to wrestling, and they would go away to camps, and they would come back, and they would begin to teach the kids. I would get them in shape. I was a disciplinarian, and, and I was the person that could get them in really good shape to go six minutes and so on and so forth. But uh, technically, I was not sound at all because, I mean, for, for me to try to teach something, I couldn't do because I never did it before. Uh-huh. And these guys these guys began to teach as, as you know, juniors and seniors in, in high school, sophomore, juniors, and, and uh, the kids began, you know, to pick it up. And then we became a little successful, and then more kids went to camp. And, of course, I went to a couple of camps and clinics and learned a little bit more about it. But the most important thing is, as a coach, you've got to surround yourself with great people. And I began to surround myself with great technicians and great guys that uh, were my assistant coaches. And that's how the thing began to flourish. Now, I remember you you told me in... um because you had helped out when uh, when Mark was coaching uh, Potsville. I wrestled for a year, and uh, I remember you told me, I, I think I remember this correctly, the first uh, match you guys had, you guys lost 66 to nothing. Was that, was that true? Oh, God. I mean, we're in, <clears throat> excuse me, we're in the old Ashland uh, Gymnasium on 9th Street, and Pottsville came in and cleaned our clock. <laughs> Pottsville had a tough team. You're right. They beat us 60 something to nothing if you have to remember at that point in time we had uh, we had 12 weight classes and a pin was worth five they beat a 60 to nothing so figure that out <laughs> now did you after that were you discouraged or you just figured this is this is just part of the the process here well i i mean uh a little bit discouraged but not you know not really surprised because you know i i had about 13 or 14 kids on the team at the time so we didn't have numbers we didn't mm-hmm. have skill we didn't have strength but they they had a desire to win and i thought well if they have that desire to win and i what i did was i i began 
to go out and recruit the kids for the program. I was in the elementary wrestling uh, phys ed program, and I would go and recruit kids and would start a program like in elementary school and a junior high school. And then, you know, uh, lo and behold, miracle took place. We began to win a little bit, and they liked the idea. You know, the... You have to understand, Alfred. We're we're in the coal region, and mm-hmm. in the coal region, <clears throat> kids and our people they like a good fight. I mean, Absolutely. They, they they like a good fight, and you know what better way was there to to do it legally in wrestling? <laughs> and and then I got some kids that would, that began to be they were tough kids. I mean, and and they were they were able to learn. You know, they they. They had a little bit of success, and, and success leads to success. That's the way it goes. Yeah, I had uh, uh, John Flannery. I interviewed him a couple weeks ago, and he was saying that wrestling was the absolute best thing he's ever done in terms of getting ready for football. And, you know, even that one year I wrestled, I mean, I, I think I was 4-20 and 20 or something like that. But in terms of balance and just just mental and physical toughness, it was it's it's the best sport. I mean, it's, it's a cruel sport because it's one-on-one, but – Man, it, it really it makes a man out of you pretty quick. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I, I've often said that to my sons, you know, and they, they were pretty tough when they were in high school. And I often said to them, you know, um, the, 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 one thing, the one thing about wrestling is that you're going you're gonna to learn, you know, the, uh, how to fight the fight. You, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to learn discipline. There's no sport. And, I mean, I've been involved in a few, but no sport where you have to have more discipline than you have to have in wrestling. Yeah, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but, like, you know, in terms of, like, coaching football or baseball, like, you know, techniques change in terms like that. It seems like wrestling is just, I mean, it's kind of rudimentary in terms of, like, this is what you have to do to get ready. It's just a matter of can you endure it, you know, day in and day out. I mean, you think that's true, or do you think well, coaching has changed a little bit? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, if we go back to – uh, to the beginning, and for me, the beginning was 1962. Uh, you know, you got to be schooled in the basic fundamentals. You got—I don't care what sport you play. If you play football, the main thing is you got to learn how to run. You got to learn how to tackle. You know, you got to learn how to block. That's the basic fundamentals. <clears throat> I mean, we can get a little fancy with some of the other stuff later on, but if you don't learn the fundamentals, those other things aren't really going to mean anything because uh, you know you're not going to have the skill to do it. But, you know, teach them the fundamentals. That's what we used to do in our elementary program. You know, don't cut weight. Don't worry about any of that. Just teach them the fundamentals. Uh, uh, let the kids know that you really care about them. And then, I mean, I, re- I still remember when we used to practice in Girardville, I would have 60, 70 kids out for wrestling. And wow. the gym was just so big. And, you know, it was 100% transportation to get to Girardville from Ashland. And I, I, we didn't even have lockers. We had hooks that we would hang our, our clothes on. And, uh, you know, they became they became tough, mentally and physically tough. When did you – I think your program uh, – I did a documentary on, on George Curry uh, last year. And your careers kind of you know, remind me of each other just in terms of, you know, putting a small town on a map nationally. Like when, when was that moment where you're like, wow, we, we have the best wrestling program in the country? Well, uh, you know, we we were very successful, you know, during the 70s. We had a lot of undefeated seasons. Uh, the big thing was that <clears throat> we couldn't compete on the level of the Lehigh Valley schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our goal was we have to get out of this area and get down to the Lehigh Valley. And I'll tell you, Russ Shiron and Joe McAndrew were the ones that sort of set the foundation for us because Russ Shiron went in and 
in his senior year, he won a district title, which surprised everybody in the Lehigh Valley, and he went on uh, to wrestle into the districts, the regionals, and he lost to a three-time state champ, Clyde Franz, from Uzville. And then the following year, Joe McAndrew, <clears throat> he was he, he won the, the, the district tournament, he won the regional tournament, and I took him to the state tournament in uh, Penn State at the time. They used to have it at Rec Hall. And that's when you only sent four wrestlers, one from the north, south, east, and west. Oh, wow. Joe was the representative from the from the east, and uh, he went along with a, a number of Lehigh Valley wrestlers. Uh, went to Penn State, and we did quite well. What um? But that's when it be, that's sorry, when it be, really began to turn around. Now, um, you also had you you had a pizza place at the same time too. Yes. Well, we had in Ashland. Uh, we had uh, Cesare's uh, restaurant. Uh, me and my brother who used to run all the programs up at Knobles, uh, and then he started the pizzeria up at Knobles. Oh, okay. And then that was, a, that was sort of an offshoot. As a matter of fact, we just, he, just, he just celebrated, uh, you know, it was 1982, 30-some years over at Knobles, but we opened that one up, and that was just an offshoot of the one from Knobles. And we were running that, you know, I, I was still teaching and coaching and, you know, still going to college to get my master's degree and so on. Now, between uh, you and, and your sons and, and your brother, who's the best pizza maker? Well, you know, my three sons, actually, my three sons and my, my nephew were the originals up at Knobles. And, oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> and, and what people don't realize is that up at the Knobles, uh, where, where he put the pizzeria in, the park, there was only three different things over on that side of the park. And then once the Phoenix moved to that side of the park, then the park moved in that direction. Today... That thing is ten times bigger than it was when when he started it back in nineteen about nineteen eighty when they start eighty two when they started it. Yeah, that's a good. I, I I used to work in a pizza shop. Rolling the dough is is a great forearm workout. Oh, well, let me tell you, <laughs> when you roll those dough balls, you better believe it. I mean, I, I remember the first time I rolled it. My my arm my my forearms were on fire, but it definitely uh, I, I think it helped me in other aspects. Um, and you retired in what, 1989, 1990 from, from wrestling, 19, from coaching? Yeah, what happened was when Mark was a senior, I already had announced it when Mark was a senior, his senior year was eight, 1989, that, you know, I would retire because I didn't really have a chance to go and see Joe and, and, and uh, Steve wrestle that much at North Carolina State. But when Mark graduated, I just wanted to spend a little bit more time with the kids, with my, my, my boys in the program. And we followed them around for all those years, but that was in 1989. So I put, uh, I put quite a few years in. And they have, what, seven state medals between them? They have six. six. Joe won it three times. Then he won it three times, 82, 83, 84, and he was the outstanding wrestler in 82 and 83. Then 84 was a uh, was a monster year for him. He pinned everybody through the districts or regionals <laughs> in the state tournament. Was it 170? Steve, no, 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 no. Uh, they were uh, Joe was 138. Steve oh. was 145, and Steve won it. <clears throat> and Joe won it 82, 83, 84. Steve won 85, and then of course Mark got there four times, but then he won it in 88 and 89, and between 138 and 145. Does Joe ever tease the other guys that he has more state medals? Or, well, yeah, uh, he had more state medals, but Steve, uh, Steve, believe it or not, had more had more wins than oh, Joe. Okay, he had, 
he held the record for a while with 155 wins in District 11. So now you, so what, 89, so that's what, uh, almost 30 years now you've been out of coaching and then you've been, you've been reffing? I've been officiating. As a matter of fact, I'll be 77 shortly and wow. I have a full schedule, a full schedule. I just did a full schedule of football and I'm still going, so. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, last I saw you was when I was in high school and, you know, you were pretty spry back then. So you could tell that you're, uh, you're pretty active, which is, which is, a, that's the Italian in you, keep, keep an active. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, on Friday, I'll start my 55th year, 55th year in wrestling. I have a tournament this weekend. Now, what do you, what do you prefer in terms of officiating? Do you like football or wrestling better? Or do you like them the same? Uh, they're about the same. You know, football is a little bit easier because I have a crew. Now, Mark's on my crew. I have a crew of six guys, okay. you know, but on that wrestling mat, you know, now that, uh, you know, you, that's you, you're there. That's it. You, you, you're the main honcho. And, uh, with 14 weight classes now, and these little guys, I'll tell you, when they're moving, you got to stay with them. I, I enjoy both of them. I, the camaraderie of, of wrestling is probably a little bit, um, I, I enjoy that a lot better because I, I meet and I talk with people that I've known ever since, you know, I've been involved in sports since 19, well, around here in 1964. Who do you think, uh, you think Southern Columbia, you think they'll, they shouldn't lose, right? Uh, I'll tell you what, Southern Columbia <clears throat> is uh, playing, they're playing, I think, Wash High on Friday. And they, I'll tell you, they have some tremendous athletes right now. And um, um, Mikey Garcia, who was a three-time state champ from Mount Carmel, his son is a sophomore, Cage uh, Garcia. And, and they, they just have some outstanding uh, football players. And I'll tell you what, they're going to be outstanding in wrestling this year, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it seems oh, like wrestling, I mean, in, in the area, especially now with Potzel, I mean, they're – they're tough again in, in Blue Mountain. It seems like it's, I mean, District 11, is, is that still the best in the country or one of the best? Well, you know what? For a while, uh, District 3 took over. Remember when back then when you were still in high school, District 11 was the tops. Mm -hmm. District 11, District 7. Then all of a sudden, District 3 exploded. And for about four years, five years, it was District 3. They had the Cumberland Valleys and the Hershey's and so on. And they had some really good kids. Now... It's coming back to District 11 because last year in the uh, state team duels, it ended up Bethlehem Catholic and um, Nazareth. Oh, okay. And Nazareth, and Nazareth actually won the state title in uh, Quad A this year. And, and, and Bethlehem Catholic, Catholic won in, in Double A. And, and Benton, right? Benton's a good program. Don't they have a kid at, at Penn State now, right? Yeah, Benton uh, had the, the really great program. Uh, when when they had the uh, oh and I'm trying to think their their last name <clears throat> the two brothers uh, the the twin brothers uh, uh, that wrestled up there and then uh, uh, right well what had happened was uh, Rutherford went to Line Mountain his freshman year he won it at, at 105 pounds and then he placed third as a sophomore and then transferred to Benton he had to sit out a year they declared him ineligible. Okay. to wrestle his junior year and then he didn't come back again till his senior year and then from there i mean he just he just destroyed everybody in high school and you see what he's doing on the college level now how i mean how hard is it to wrestle like when you get to a college like penn state i mean what's the margin of error in a wrestling match for something for some of those guys i mean is it near zero i mean because just well, all the counter moves but, but and everything that, else 
I mean, they have a fabulous coach up there. I watched him win. Uh, I watched him win uh, four national titles in, in uh, three different weight classes. And he has such a rapport with the, his wrestlers. And he's a great recruiter. I mean, um, when you go to Penn State, uh, it's it's not a it's not a wrestling factory. Mm-hmm. You go to Iowa, it's a wrestling factory. That's why my son sort of stayed a, a, away from some of those schools. They wanted to be they wanted to be a scholar, and they also wanted to be a wrestler. But they didn't want to be just known as a wrestler. Right. <clears throat> and when you're at Penn State, I mean, they uh, he recruits he recruits uh, the scholar and he recruits the athlete. For example, we've had some four time state champs here in Pennsylvania and. He didn't even recruit them. He left them go to Iowa. To, to Iowa, he left them go to Oklahoma State, and uh, he recruited some other people in their place, and they're doing a fabulous job. Now, what do you what do you like most about the coal the the the, the podcast I'm doing it, it focuses on the coal region. What what do you like most about the coal region? Just like living here for so long and, and just being such a, a huge part of the community. Uh, well, you know what, um, the, the thing I enjoy about the Coal Region area, uh, area is the people in the area. You know, our people aren't phonies. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our, our people in this area, I don't care whether you go to, to Coltman, Mont Carmel, Shemoke, and Shenandoah, Pottsville, Blue Mountain, you know, or any of the communities, Minersville, uh, they respect each other. You know, they respect each other, and they're, they're hardworking. They have that great work ethic. This is what's so great in this area. I mean, I remember my parents had an eighth-grade education, but uh, and my mom would go to work at midnight when my dad would come home, and they just have that great work ethic. And, and what they do is that's transferable onto their children, and, and that's, that's what I enjoy. I mean, I could, you could, I could walk up the street in Shenandoah, and people know you, and they'll say hello, and and, and, and the same thing in, you know, wherever, Pottsville. <clears throat> it's just, it, it, we, we just have hardworking people who know what the work ethic is all about, and nobody's any better than anybody else. Yeah, and, and that's why I think, like, uh, you know, your, your wrestling program, it, it was just like, it's like catered for that work ethic, you know what I mean? Because you can't, you can't half-ass wrestling or football. I mean, you have to, you have to come in and show up and work every day, and, and without a work ethic, it's, it's impossible to, to succeed. Especially in wrestling, very impossible. Um, what is now? You know, I, I I I was reading up on you, and you know, obviously you had tremendous success, you know, on the mat, but it was the things you did, um, you know, off off the mat. You know, I, I read that you, you you know you had helped a couple kids who were going through some tragedies at the time. What's your advice for a, a young coach, especially in today's climate, where you know maybe it's all about winning? It seems like you. Obviously, winning was important, but, you know, you yourself, like a George Curry, I mean, it was just taking an interest in a, in a young man's life and, and really being, you know, someone there for them where they could, where they could count on you and, you know, look to you as, as a role model. What, what's your best advice for a young coach starting today? Well, I think you understand that we did go through some tragedies here at North Schuylkill, and uh, uh, the, the, the thing about that coaching, you know, when you apply the word coach to any person, that's one of the most uh, uh, respected positions. Uh, yeah, that, that 
that term coach applied to your name really means something because somewhere along the line, if you do it the right way, okay, and, and you take uh, the individual, okay, and that individual becomes important in your life. <clears throat> I always used to say to my, to my wrestlers, you know, guys, I don't really care if you like me or not, mm-hmm. but you know what I do care about is that you respect me. Respect is forever, you know, mm-hmm. and if you just like the body, that could fall by the wayside in, in, in no time flat. But when you learn to earn their respect, I, I still can remember some of these kids today. Uh, my daughter owns that subway down at the Walmart in Shamok, and then they'll come into the Walmart, kids that I've had years and years ago, and they still call you Mr. or they call you Coach. Mm-hmm. And that's important. To me, that's important. Uh, I know that somewhere along the line in their heart, They've they've gained some respect, and that's that's important. Absolutely, and I and I read too, like in terms of your wrestlers, you got to know each and every one of them, and you, and you figured out what you know what what made them tick. You know how important is it to kind of cater to like what was Bill Parcells say? He says he treats everyone the same in a different way, um, which I, I think is really important in terms of just getting the most out of your out of your players is is learning what makes them tick. See, I, if I had you in school or I had you as, as, as an athlete, uh, I would learn a little bit about your family. Mm-hmm. I'd learn a little bit about your likes and your dislikes, and I would cater to them because that's important. You know, whether you're a winner or you're, you know, a big winner or, or you're, you know, you're just an average athlete, uh, the, the fact that you came along, uh, you were willing to do the work, and I, I developed the respect for you, you developed the respect for me, and when it's all over, and it's going to be over in some time uh, in the future. That respect will last forever, and uh, the experiences, the experiences that that they've had with me and I had with them, I'll remember them forever. I, I I can still look back at some of the kids that I had back in my 1964 team, and uh, you know I can still call them Tommy and I can still call them Bill, and I, uh, you know, because I remember them. I remember what they what 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 they they did for me and i hope what i did for them absolutely well, i think that's it any are you going to be you're not going to be hanging up the uh the officiating cleats anytime soon right well so one of these days i'm going to get up and it's going to say my body's going to say coach guess what <laughs> you're not helping well, me i don't anymore. i don't think that's anytime soon at least i hope not <laughs> and you know what i i think one of the the greatest things that ever happened to us here in our program is when sports illustrated came in and did that program oh that's a great article that article, that four-page article, I had calls when that went in the into Sports Illustrated in uh, nineteen. It was nineteen January of nineteen eighty-nine. Mm-hmm. I had calls from all over the country, all over the world. Uh, guys that went to the University of Buffalo with me, they would call me from Alaska. They'd call me from you know uh, Hawaii. Is that you? They used to call me Little <laughs> Joe. Is that you in that article? We can't believe that. But that that uh, I mean that. That's the. I, I, I guess if you want to say that's one of my oh, part of our legacy, it definitely was a big part of our legacy. Yeah, I remember when we used to play, you know, North Schuylkill in in, in uh, basketball, you know, in a JV game, because it's in the it's in the the trophy uh, area there, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing that, and I remember my my brother used to get Sports Illustrated, and it was just because at that time Sports Illustrated, I mean, you waited for that every week, you didn't have internet and stuff like that, so when it came out, I mean, to see like a local. A local team in there was was pretty neat. 
Yeah, and I said when, I remember when it came out. It was like like January the seventeenth or eighteenth of of uh, nineteen eighty nine. You couldn't get a Sports Illustrated any place in this area. Oh, really? They were gone. They were gone. I mean, I went up to the mall, the Fractal Mall, and I was looking for a couple of my. I couldn't. I, I actually had to write to Sports Illustrated. Did they in send order you to some? Get a couple extra ones. Pardon? Did they Did they send you some? Oh, yes, they did. As a matter of fact, I still have some up in my attic, <laughs> some originals up in my attic. If I recall correctly, there was a good picture of uh, Mark uh, flipping pizzas in that, right? Yeah, Mark. Well, see, Mark was working in our in our our restaurant, and and what happened was he was he had a, he had to 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 make the pizzas, and that night, uh, in order for them to get the perfect picture that could go into Sports Illustrated, he must have made about twenty <laughs> pizzas. And what we were doing was there were kids outside, you know, and and we were just feeding the kids uh, out on the sidewalk. But uh, before they got the, they, there was a little glare coming off the wall or something. Until they got the right picture, I, I think he went through about the, at least twenty dough balls. Now, did, did they uh, did they stay up? Like, did the reporter stay there for a couple of days, or was it just one and done? He came in in one day. Oh no, no, they came and did the the basically came in and did the story. They went around town. Uh, they went into some of the local uh, bar rooms and. They interviewed some people there, and then the night of the match, <clears throat> that whole day, they were setting up strobes in the gym so that when they had the shot that they won it, I mean, it was like lightning hitting. You know, every one of those strobes would go off uh, when they would take a shot. It was it was an exciting night. Now, what, how many people would you get at a wrestling match there? Oh, my God. When we had Shikalemi up here, we'd get 1,800 people in the gym. Wow. I mean, it was the, the, the bleachers were filled, but they were... They were around the mat. They were standing five, six, seven deep around the mat. And when we'd go down to Shikalemi or up to, well, Benton had a small gym. And Lane Mountain, Lane Mountain had a good program at the time. They would have to televise it back to the auditorium. They just didn't have enough room. Wow. So, I mean, mean, the room must have been shaken then, right? I mean. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And and I mean. I'm, I'm sorry. They were the greatest fans. They were the greatest fans. I mean, uh, when we would wrestle Shikalemi, people would come from different parts of the state to wow. see the match. There were some great matchups. You know, sometimes my sons and, and uh, somebody from Shik, and there were just some great matchups. Because uh, that, that year, we won the double-A state title, and Shik won the triple-A state title. Oh, wow. And uh, our, our dual meets were fabulous. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just keep thinking about that one year I wrestled, and I and I I remember before I wrestled my first match, I was thinking, oh, it's just two minutes a quarter, you know, that that's simple. <laughs> and then 30, yeah, right. 30, 30 seconds into it, I was, I mean, I was just gassed. I I mean, I, I got pinned. I think like ten seconds later. I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't move. You don't realize how strenuous it is to do something, you know, to to just use all your strength for two minutes at a time. You know, I I have to give you this. Uh, this uh, uh, analogy. <clears throat> I sit there sometimes, and um, you know, like if I'm at, at a casino playing poker or something, and the guys would be sitting at the table and they're looking up at a football game. And they're going, "Boy, that defense is really getting tired. <laughs> They've been on that field a long time." Do you know? Do you know what the actual um, action time? Eight, eight seconds, pro- right? Well, of of a, an entire pro football game, if you think about it, okay, you have fifteen minute quarters, you have uh, you have a thirty second, uh, thirty minute halves, and out of that sixty minutes, okay, they did a study on it, a survey, the action, the actual action time in that football game, 
if it's six minutes, that's a lot. Six minutes wow. of actual action. You know, now you take a, you, and I look at these guys and say, did you ever try to wrestle six <laughs> minutes? And, you know, especially if you're not in shape, you know, six minutes seems like six hours if you're not in shape. Yeah, I mean, it is the hardest thing. I, I remember, like I said, the first day of practice, Mark had us run a mile and a half, you know, six laps. He just did a light jog. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, once we're done this, we're probably going to have just like a, you know, a, a half hour worth of practice. And that was just before practice started. We had a two-hour practice. I mean, it was it was the best training I've, I've ever done. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, like I said, if, if yeah. no one's ever wrestled out there, they definitely should do it because it's definitely humbling. Well, I'll tell you, when we won the state title in 89 when Mark was a senior, <clears throat> they used to come They used to come to practice at 6 o'clock in the morning, and they a lot of them would run to school over at North Schuylkill. Oh they would have a practice in the morning, and then they'd come back. They'd eat lunch and take a shower, eat, eat their breakfast in, in the locker room, and then come back for practice at like 2.30. And that year, we had the, we had the state uh, um, turn. We, we won the state tournament in the semifinals. We didn't even have to worry about the finals. We put four kids in the finals, but they were in such great shape. Oh, my God. I mean, they could go and go and go, and that's, that was it. That was the key to the whole thing. Was there uh... – like that movie Vision Quest, was there any like uh, crazy workouts you guys you had for him? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there were things that we did in that practice room that uh, you know sometimes I thought I did. I'm thinking these kids think I'm nuts, but <laughs> I knew I, again I I wasn't the technician, <clears throat> but I could get him in shape. And I, 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 Ricky Edwards and Scotty Webster from Penn State and uh, Davy Brown and Tommy Dandel, they would, they would get the kids. They would, they were the technicians. I was a disciplinarian, and I, and I was the person that got them in shape. But they were the technicians, and it worked. Now, one last thing too, I saw in that article that at the at the pizza shop, you didn't have uh, advertisers on the placemats. You used to have the the kids' uh, wrestling record. Is that true? Oh, yeah, what we had was uh, <clears throat> the placemat uh, was everything that we did in wrestling, and the people would sit down and they'd start reading that. And I'll never forget the guy from Sports Illustrated. When he walked in, uh, David, his name was David Davidoff. <coughs> Excuse me. He, he sat down and he read that. He said, he said I'm in the right place. This, this is what we, why we want to do this article for you guys. He said, uh, he said I, I, I just can't believe that the program was so successful like that. Yeah, but that's what they were. They were the placemats. I still have a couple of them uh, left someplace. <laughs> Now, do you, do you have any idea how Sports Illustrated found out about it, or it was just because you guys were just that dominant? <laughs> For some reason, this young man that did the article was looking. They never had a um, uh, an article in Sports Illustrated on high school wrestling. Never once did they ever have one. Huh. And he wanted to be different. He wanted to do something uh, a sport, you know, we see the baseball, the basketball, the football, all the ball sports, but they never had anything in there about a wrestling team. So when he came and he had called me, you know, and he, he was just, you know, uh, just trying to figure out what he wants to do. And when he, he called me, you know, I explained, I said, come on up and take a look at what we're doing. And if, if it's, this is for you, that's fine. And that's what happened. When he came to the wrestling practice, he saw how hard these kids worked. And he saw all the things that we had up in the wrestling room, and then he he went to the trophy case. He thought, well, this is it. So he did a four-page article. 
Yeah, it was a great article. On, I'm, I'm actually going to I'm going to post it on uh, Facebook so people could take a look at it when I post the uh, this this interview. So I actually read it uh, earlier in the week. It's a great article. It really captures yeah, the the area and and just the program and everything else. Yeah, it tells us a little bit about you know our people. Man, Absolutely, that's, that's we're so proud about our people. Hey, I uh, I, I I get the pots filled and I, I'm. I, I'm so happy with Bill Flynn. Bill Flynn was a great, and Terry Case was just such, such great friends, and Dickie Yingling, and just so many, so much history here. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. All right, Coach. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. You have a good night. Bye bye. Thanks again, guys, and uh, tune in next week. Again, please keep telling uh, your friends and family, and uh, look forward to talking to you guys next week.